Hey, Andrew, how's it going? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to episode 21 of the Chalk Dust Podcast, where teachers talk about their experiences in the classroom. Because once the dust settles, every teacher has a story to tell. This is Kirby Alexander, your host. And today I'm talking with Andrew Brinker, a high school environmental science teacher in Fort Worth, Texas. I met Andrew in 2019 when I was recruiting teachers for a National Science Foundation research project, and we've been working together ever since. Andrew's work on the Trinity River Turtle Survey has been featured in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram and KERA, just to name a few, as well as in science conferences in Texas and around the country. He is the sponsor of the Recycling Club at Pascal High School, as well as the Science Club, and his students compete in science competitions all over the state. Andrew was named the 2020 Environmental Educator of the Year by the Texas Environmental Excellence Awards, and in this episode, you'll see why. He is an ambassador for science, the environment, and experiential learning, and I hope you will learn as much as I did from talking with him. Let's get started. Hey, thanks so much for meeting with me today. I've been really looking forward to uh, catching up and finding out what you're up to, uh, both uh, in some of your projects that you're doing with students and in your teaching. So, you know, I really appreciate this opportunity to 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 talk with you. It's my pleasure. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. So, you know, I guess to start off, tell us a little about what you're doing right now. Um, where do you teach? What are you teaching? Um, how long have you been teaching? I'm a teacher at Pascal High School, which is close to downtown Fort Worth. It's actually really close to TCU, just a couple blocks away. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the largest school in Fort Worth. We have uh, around 2,500 students. It's the only 6A school. Okay. So when we compete in district and stuff like that, it's um, not against any of the other schools in the in Fort Worth. Hmm. Um, it's also a Title I school. And I've been here for 15 years. Okay. This is my only only secondary teaching experiences here at Pascal High School. Um, and I teach AP Environmental Science and currently AP Biology, but I've taught uh, Environmental Systems and On-Level Biology as well. Okay. Very good. And, um, you know, just to get some background, I'm really interested in what interested you in uh, teaching as a career. You know, is this something that you um, always thought of yourself as doing? Was it something that you always had as a goal for your career? Or did you start off doing something else and then kind of found your way to teaching later on? Yeah, I was option two for sure. Okay. I when I graduated from Michigan State, uh, I had a degree in zoology, and uh -huh. I got my first zoo job. Actually, I did an internship at Zoo Atlanta, but after that, I got a job here at the Fort Worth Zoo in the reptile and amphibian department. So mm -hmm. I spent uh, nearly seven years there working as a zookeeper, and that was a ton of fun. But while I was there, I had a professor, Gary Ferguson, from the biology mm -hmm. department, he would come and bring students through on a field trip to, to rep when he was teaching herpetology. Huh. So during one of those um, field trips, we I talked about how I'd like to go to graduate school, but I couldn't afford it. And he explained to me that if you're a graduate student and you teach biology labs, then you're able to get free tuition and a stipend. Oh, wow. So that set the hook in me there. And I applied to TCU to uh, get my master's degree in biology. So I was able to go to classes and then go back to the zoo 
and work at the zoo, you know, they're really flexible with me. The, my curator at the time, Clay Garrett. So I was able to basically, as long as I was taking care of the animals and getting my work done, then I could come and go back and forth to TCU um, mm. for a couple of years while I finished my master's. Oh, that's great. And so your master's is in biology through the college of, uh, is that through the college of science and engineering? Yes. Yep. Master's in biology. Okay. I looked at ultraviolet light in snakes. Oh, wow. Interesting. And so I, I'm assuming based on what you've uh, shared with me that when you were working in the Fort Worth Zoo, you were in the um, Museum of, of Living Art, the MOLA section, or were you, wh- the, or were you somewhere else? At the time, that building hadn't been built yet. Okay. So I was there before um, the current building, but I, I helped, well, I didn't really help design it, but I was there when it was being designed, okay. um, the new MOLA which is, yeah, a spectacular uh, yeah. exhibit. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we've been there uh, many times, and I like it for a lot of reasons. Uh, but also, if you go to the zoo in the summer when it's really hot, it's air-conditioned. <laughs> so, uh, But beyond that, uh, they just have some amazing exhibits and a really uh, impressive variety of animals that are there. That's really cool. Um, so, um, so how did you find, uh, find out about this, this teaching job that you're in now? Uh, was this the the job that you're in now? Was this your first teaching position? Yes, it was other than being at TCU as a, um, teaching assistant. So it, while I was in grad school and I was teaching those biology labs, that's what got me interested in pursuing teaching as a career. So after I finished, um, teaching at TCU, the biology labs, actually was able to teach um, herpetology, a graduate course, because uh, the professor went on sabbatical. Oh, so cool. I did get a little bit of uh, experience because I ran that whole class. But yeah. anyways, I started just emailing principals across Fort Worth ISD with my resume and you know telling them I was interested in becoming a science teacher. And it just so happens the only person to reply was Pasquale High School's principal at the time, Dr. Meng. Okay. And uh, she just replied, come on in for an interview. So I came in. Um, I had to wait like an hour longer than planned. <laughs> but <laughs> eventually, eventually I got in there and she just asked me if it was important, if students like me or not. And I said, yes, you know, they're not going to work. And that was pretty much it. She said, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, uh, you know, so looking at the timeline here, like you've, you know, you've got your first teaching position, you passed the interview. Um, how would you describe that, uh, that first year of, of teaching, uh, high school students? I would describe it as a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you had a few learning experiences along the way, uh, things looking back that you, I guess would tell people not to do. For sure. And I had no college or, you know, background or education towards becoming a teacher. I was at the zoo. And then after I got the job, I did the alternative certification, Uh, which consisted like of a month of going to classes, which didn't really prepare me um, for school. Yeah, that first year, I probably put on 30 pounds and it was just, yeah, terrible. It was just hard for me to to get into the teaching. But after that first year, I, I kind of got the hang of it. So the second year was great. And then the third year, even better. Yeah. Ever since I haven't looked back. Yeah. That's awesome. 
So if you were able to uh, look back and uh, or even go back in time and give yourself uh, some advice for that first year, do you have any uh, uh, nuggets of wisdom that you would pass along to uh, Andrew Brinker 15 years ago? For sure. Uh, <laughs> most importantly, probably is you just want to develop those relationships with the students and not worry about content so much, especially I was teaching um, on level biology, hmm. which is 14 year olds that, you know, they're, they don't care about biology. They're forced to be in the class yeah. and they're more worried about their friends, hmm. you know, girls, boys, all that kind of stuff. Um, they're not worried about biology. So I think just spending the first few weeks getting to know their names, learning what um, hobbies they're in or athletics, that mm. kind of stuff goes a long way. Um, Cause once they, you know, respect you or at least, you know, don't hate you, then they're a lot more likely to behave in class and to participate, et cetera. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've had the same experience uh, that uh, students are much more willing to work. It seems for a teacher that they feel some sort of connection to. And so that's really important, especially in the, the beginning of the year. Um, so yeah, uh, that's all really, uh, interesting. And, you know, it's funny, like I've been working with you on a research project for a couple of years now and didn't know any of this stuff. So this is a great chance for me just to, you know, learn more about Andrew, uh, the teacher. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I know you're, uh, well known for both in at Pascal high school, um, in Fort Worth ISD, and really even in Fort Worth in general are some of the really innovative, uh, projects you've done with students. You know, you've been involved in some really cool um, projects that get students out of the classroom, um, out into nature, and and doing some things that are um, authentic and engaging. So, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about some of those projects that you've that you've been involved with with students. Sure. Um, being that I got my master's at TCU and we're literally two blocks away, I've, I've got a lot of connections that other teachers weren't able to get just because I knew most of the professors in the biology department. Mm -hmm. And I got to know a lot of the professors in the education department as well over the years. Mm -hmm. So probably the one I'm most proud of is the turtle survey, the Trinity River turtle survey. Mm -hmm. So I had been volunteering to go and help collect turtles and collect data for years with professors and graduate students but it dawned on me one day that I could do it with my own students right here at Trinity River. Hmm. So I applied to the Andrews Institute of Mathematics and Science Education, and I was able to get a small grant to get the turtle traps and the transponders and the pit tech, all the things that I needed in order to start the project. And once a month for three years, I met my students at the river right here by school. Mm -hmm. So even if they couldn't drive, they could ride a bicycle there, which I had several students do. Mm -hmm. And it was just on the weekends. But I had students every time, sometimes as many as 20, 30 students each month come out and meet me at the river. We would collect the turtles, um, measure them, mark them, and then release them. So mm -hmm. it was uh, mark recapture, population dynamics kind of study. Okay. And it, it was a, a great success. The students there's no better way than to learn science than participating in it. So these students were out there actually collecting the data. Um, we used the data to present at conferences and stuff like that. So I think that was the one I'm mm -hmm. most proud of. Yeah, that's really cool. And, 
you know, when you're doing that study, uh, what, like, what are you learning about uh, the turtles or about the Trinity River or, you know, about the the health of the environment from, from doing that study? What, you know, what, you say you're collecting a lot of data, but what is that, what is that data telling you and the students uh, about, about Fort Worth or the Trinity River or the turtles themselves? So one, of, we found out a bunch of neat things. Um, one of them is just what turtle species are there. Um, most people don't realize we have as many turtle species here in the river through Fort Worth as we do. Hmm. So we have um, razorback musk turtles, which I didn't expect to find. They're bottom walking turtles, so you don't ever really see them out much. Okay. Um, so you only find them in the traps. We have uh, snapping turtles, spiny soft shell turtles, map turtles, Mississippi map turtles, which hmm. was another surprise. Um, they're a, a really unique species with um, sexual dimorphism where females are huge with big heads for smashing mollusks hmm. and then males are teeny tiny and have a little pin shaped head for eating um, arthropods and insect larvae and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, red-eared sliders, which is by far the most common. Okay. We marked over a thousand turtles with pit tags and probably 700 were red-eared sliders. So okay. they're by far the most common. Um feel like I'm missing a turtle. Oh, there's um, river cooters, which is another um, species of turtle that's prim the most herbivorous out of all the turtles that are in the Trinity. So they have a longer digestive system in order to process all that cellulose. Okay. And the, the red-eared sliders, are those the ones when, you know, like when you're jogging along the river or whatever that you see kind of perched up on, on logs and rocks? Uh, you'll see like groups of them. Uh, yes, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Okay. They really enjoy the sun. That's what I, yeah, we, we spend a lot of time on the Trinity river uh, hiking and biking and we always will see those, the red-eared sliders up on tree branches or, you know, but pretty much anything they can use to get up into the sun. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, chances um, are that those, those turtles you see have a little microchip in them for me and my students. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and uh, and when you're down there, like you train the students and they're doing a lot of the work, like they're the ones that are going to the traps and getting them and, and putting the chips in them and, and writing all this down? Exactly, yeah. It's almost all done by the students. Um, I, do, I try and just get everything organized, do the logistics. And I'm really into photography. So I would take turtles and go and photograph them while the students are doing the hard work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that very smart, good uh, division of labor. So, um, you know, so you've been doing this, uh, for a while and it sounds like you've done a really, uh, great job of getting students involved in this work. And what do you perceive as the, as the benefits to getting students out into these authentic environments and, and doing this kind of thing? The students that are really into it, we've gone on to present posters at conferences. Um, I actually have a poster coming up for the TCU Student Research Symposium through the College of Science and Engineering. Oh, yeah. But those that alone is uh, something that really gives those kids a uh, step up or an advantage when applying to college because usually you don't get that experience until graduate school. So that I think is probably the biggest advantage for the mm -hmm. students. Plus they just understand how science works a lot better. 
Yeah. And do you have any uh, success stories of students who have, you know, gone on and chosen environmental science or biology as a major based on, you know, the, the success they had in, in this kind of work in high school? Yes, I've had uh, several students over the years choose to go on um, and look at environmental science, which I think is a really great field because it's more and more in demand every year. Um, it pays well, depending on what you're doing, but in general, it pays pretty well. Mm-hmm. And you get to be you know, proud of the work you're doing because you're helping out the planet or you're helping out humans, et cetera. So yeah. Yeah, I've had several, probably the majority of the students that participated in that um, went on to do environmental science or at least science at some level. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, so, uh, you know, if a teacher was listening to this and they're thinking, you know, this sounds amazing and this is the kind of thing I want to do with my students, uh, where's a good place to start? Like, do you recommend just jumping in or is there a way for a teacher, you know, to kind of get their feet wet with this kind of thing before maybe committing at the level where you are, where you're meeting on Saturdays and they're doing the data collection? Yeah, I think there's a, obviously um, there's a whole bunch of different options. I'm not sure that turtles would be necessarily good for everyone, but um, just on campus, I would recommend just looking at insects potentially, mm. or I've been wanting for a while now to uh, set out bird feeders that you can see from the classroom and just document which bird species, you know, you're seeing each day, right down. Okay. We saw um, a grackle or we saw a blue jay or whatnot. Mm. And if you did that for a whole school year, you'd have some pretty interesting data that you'd be able to um, use with the students to analyze and figure out which species, how much, um, diversity and how much of each species. Yeah. And I also think looking at the GIS is another thing that we've been working on and and something that would have a lot of really cool potential, um, collaborations and ways to involve students in authentic science research that could really give them, um, an advantage when they get to school, not only with their resume, but just understanding how science works and understanding spatial relationships is really important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, a person would probably be very surprised in to find out even in an urban setting like Fort Worth, how much, uh, variety there is in, in wildlife and, and the, you know, the different types of animals that, that live here. So, yeah, I think that's really, that's really great. Um, so, you know, thinking about uh, all these students you've taught, you know, I imagine, you know, by this time you have, um, you know, you've taught a lot of students. If you were able to uh, go back and make one phone call to all of your former students, uh, what do you think you would tell them? I would probably tell them thank you. You know, they made my job a lot more fun. Um, they made it rewarding. It made me a better teacher. You know, when you have some of those students, like the ones involved in, in these science projects, that was a challenge for me as well. I hadn't actually presented a poster at a conference before, but I was able to learn how to do it um, with the help of TCU and some grad students and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, they really helped me become a better scientist and a better teacher, I think. Yeah, that's great. 
And, um, you know, kind of along those same lines, you know, you've, you've taught a lot of students, you know, over 15 years, you know, you're probably, you might be into the close to the reaching the thousand mark at this point, if not more, um, you know, and you have some students who are probably really engaged, really interested, you know, sounds like with these projects you're doing, some of them even show up on their own time, you know, but there's always going to be students, you know, maybe who aren't as engaged, like you said, uh, First-year students taking biology, it's just a required class that the counselor told them to, to take. And, you know, so you kind of see all levels of, of students. And, you know, thinking about that, how do you define success for yourself as a teacher? You know, how do you, how do you for yourself, how do you know if you're doing a good job? That's a really difficult question. Um, I I think over the years that's changed for me. Hmm. You know, early on, I probably would have said my AP scores, you know, I was, or my EOC scores or star, whatever the scores they are, you know, that maybe that was success. But mm -hmm. since then, I realized that I've had lots of great interactions with students that didn't do well on the AP exam. And I still believe that I had a successful impact on them. So it's really hard to say now. Um, probably the relationships that I've developed and mm -hmm. um, the interactions I've had with the students, I, I think yeah. probably be the measure of success. Yeah. And do you still uh, keep in touch with a lot of your former students that you've, that you've worked with over the years? Yes, I do. I uh, was texting a student earlier today because a current student wanted a, an example of a resume um, for applying for college but she, she, the week before had sent me an invitation to the Dean scholars at UT Austin is having a, uh, distinguished lecture series. So oh. she want, wondered if I wanted to listen in on that zoom call. I think it's next week or, but yeah, I keep in contact with a bunch of students, especially when I teach their siblings. Like uh. I have multiple students that I've taught three other kids in the same family, you know? So, yeah, yeah. um, it really feels good to to have taught that many kids in a single family and had that big of an impact, you know? Yeah, that's really cool. You know, and you're going to, at one point, it's, it's probably going to be here maybe before you're ready. You're going to have that experience where some kids going to come into your class and say, you taught my mom or my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't had that one yet, but. I was at a football game this year, I think it was this year, maybe last, and a, someone came up to me. I was recognized on the field for being a teacher of spirit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the, the guy saw me, so he came up and he had his kid with him, you know, and he was like, yeah, Mr. Brinker, you taught me. And now he's an engineer at uh, Bell Helicopter, I think. But oh, yeah, gosh. he was married, had a, had a couple of kids. Yeah, it was amazing, you know, and he had really kind things to say, which made my day obviously. Oh yeah, no, that's really great. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget the first time. And it, I think it only happened a couple of times where a student came up to me and said, uh, you graduated high school with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, that moment. I'm like, Oh man, I did not, I don't know when, at what point I, I became old, but I feel old right now. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Um, so, you know, when you uh, when you're teaching environmental science and uh, or any of the other classes you teach, you know what's kind of the main 
uh, big idea you want your students to remember uh, when when they complete one of your classes? Environmental science is the class I'm most passionate about, and it's the class I've taught the entire time I've been here. Mm-hmm. And the the biggest take home is that you're a part of you know the ecosystem, whether it's in the city, outside. You know, if you litter or you see litter on the ground, that's going to go into the Trinity River, you know, and then that's going to eventually, if it doesn't get cleaned out, go all the way to the ocean and it's going to become part of that giant Pacific um, Ocean patch of plastic. So understanding their connection with nature, because a lot of times kids just, they don't make the connection, you know, when they turn on the faucet, where does the water come from? Well, it Mm -hmm. comes from the Trinity River, you know, when it goes down the drain, it's going back to the Trinity River. All of these things, I, I hope that I'm able to get them to understand a little bit better that their decisions um, can help make things better or potentially worse, but that they can be a part of the solution. Yeah, that's really great. And so do you have any uh, upcoming uh, projects or anything uh, that you're that you're kind of thinking that you've been working on or thinking about uh, you know moving forward? You've mentioned the turtle survey. Are there any other similar type uh, initiatives going on in Fort Worth that you're going to get your students involved with? Um, I'm not exactly sure. I'm working with TCU, with yourself, and the Mm -hmm. other professors there on that um, GIS stuff, which I want to definitely do a lot more of. We've got lots of cool technology here, and I think that's a really valuable skill. You know, you can get a GIS degree and be making more than me right out of the gate, you know? Yeah. So I want to continue that. I think that's a project that I want to make a lot bigger, especially next year. Um, This year, as you know, I've had to move classrooms two times Ah. and uh, it's just been a really rough year. So I haven't had as much time to work on projects, but I'm hopeful that uh, next year we'll be able to do a lot more in that area and, They'll still be with science, maybe with water quality, mm-hmm. um, but I think that'll be one of the major projects I want to work on. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and just you know, using that example you were talking about before with um, where water comes from and where it goes, you know, once you start using geospatial tools, you can create, you know, or have the students create visualizations that, that where they can kind of see that cycle, you know, cause I think now, whether it's the water that comes out of their tap or the electricity that is in their house or the food in their fridge, you know, I don't think they always think about, uh, where that stuff come fr- comes from and, and where it goes when they dispose of waste and that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. The, Wastewater treatment plant at Village Creek is the lowest point in Tarrant County for a reason, you know, because all the water has to go there. Right. Um, and, and of course, they have no idea where that's at. That's one of the field trips. I like I also try to do a lot of field trips. I think that's mm-hmm. important. But after the pandemic, a lot of that's been uh, kind of shut down, like Village Creek wastewater treatment plant. Yeah. All of the water for Tarrant County, over 100 million gallons a day goes through there. And it's a fantastic field trip because the students get to see it with their own eyes. They see where it goes into the river. Um, but unfortunately, they, they're they not doing that anymore. Hopefully, maybe next year they'll start it back up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, the last couple of years have been really tough for that kind of thing. But, I, you know, it seems like uh, more and more um, the uh, 
some of those opportunities are opening back up. So hopefully that will, that will be one of the things that you're able to start doing again next year. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's great. Well, Hey, Andrew, I don't, I know you're busy. Uh, you, uh, you have a lot going on and I really appreciate you taking the time, you know, uh, one final thing, uh, and this was not on the set of questions I asked you, uh, but I also know, uh, you are a huge basketball fan. So, uh, do you have, do you have a team you're pulling for in the final four this year? Oh man, Michigan state and TCU are my two teams. I like the most, of course, they're not in the final four anymore. Yeah. They both had really great showings though. Um, but I guess I would probably be pulling for UNC because I was able to go to Dickey's Arena here in Fort Worth and see UNC play, UNC play a couple games. Oh, nice! And uh, I think I think they're just an amazing basketball team. Of course, I w- I would also like Duke to win because Coach K's last year, yeah. And I wouldn't mind seeing him go out on top since he's a legend. You know, the best basketball coach probably ever ever will be yes. too. But so. I guess I would go with Duke if you if you got to make me choose. I would say yeah. Duke. Duke's the sentimental favorite, uh, but UNC just because you got to watch them play. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think deep down, I've never been a Duke fan, but I think deep down, I'm kind of pulling for Coach K just this one time. Yeah, and I think a and lot of, of course, people are. Kansas is Big Twelve, so you kind of got to root for Kansas too because they're in the same conference as TCU. But exactly, I just. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get through Duke or UNC. Right. Plus, they have to beat Villanova, which right. is a tough matchup. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Well, good. Well, I definitely uh, – I know uh, you'll be watching this weekend. I will be too, probably. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Well, hey, Andrew, thanks so much for taking some time to uh, to talk to me and uh, just you know give me some insight into your teaching, into your past, your experiences that led you to this career. And uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.